today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith None of us knows what tomorrow holds for any of us. And so we have to walk in humble dependency on God. Our security is our trust. Listen to the next verse because it gives you the reason for a humble, dependent attitude. He gives us the reason. Verse 14, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What he's saying there is life is uncertain. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and None of us knows what tomorrow brings. In today's message, Pastor Ed reminds us that we cannot know our future, no matter how hard we try. We're also never guaranteed another day. With that truth set before us, we have an opportunity to do something for God right now. He has a plan for each person's life. This plan is meant to benefit others and to bring glory to our Creator. This plan for our lives also requires trust in God and the willingness to lean on Him for direction and support. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith I'd like you to turn to the book of James, the fourth chapter. James chapter 4. God has a special plan for each and every one of your lives. God has a specific work, task, a mission that He could only accomplish through your life. The sermon this morning is titled, God Willing. Are you? James chapter 4, verse 13. Now listen. You who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, We will live and do this or that as it is. You boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. Your special genetic code that God put together When you were being formed in the womb, endowed you with gifts and abilities and talents that God wants to use for his kingdom. These early Jewish Christians were saved and excited about their salvation. But it seems what happened, after a passage of time, life went back to life as usual. They just sort of went on life and lived as though they had not met God. Oh, yes, they were Christians. They were Jewish believers. 
But James had to get their attention. And so he grabs them by the collar and says, Now listen. He was trying to get their attention. Now listen. Some people live as though God doesn't exist, even though they're Christians. They live as virtual atheists, even though they name the name of Christ. You would never know that God was there by the way they plan, by the way they look at their future. A prime example of that were the pharaohs in Egypt. The pharaohs in Egypt, as soon as they were coronated, began a project of building their tombs, building their pyramids. And what happened is a decade after or a few decades later, those pyramids that you see outside of Cairo, they were plundered, robbed, stolen. They couldn't even secure their future, thinking that if they had gold and treasure and jewels, that somehow they would take that with them to the afterlife. So they decided to move 350 miles down the Nile River. And there, the place that we call the Valley of the Tombs at Luxor, there in this Valley of the Tombs, they built tombs there under the ground in the rocks. About 60 of them are there. All but one were plundered. And that one was King Tut's. That was all of their planning, all of the time and effort that they had. They had thousands of people who began and worked on their project. All of the money that was stored, all of those things that they had planned, trying to secure their future, they couldn't do it. Security is found in God and God alone. It's the only place. It's found nowhere else. It's found In God. And James tries to get those Christians' attention. They were merchants. And they were in the wholesale business. Buying and selling and making money. Going about life as if life never would end. And James gets their attention and he rebukes their self-sufficient attitude. Uh, Listen to his words in verse 13 again. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Uh, Bottom line never changes. Is anything wrong with planning? Should we throw away our day timers? Should we get rid of our planners on the computer? No, no. The Bible's not against planning for the future. The Bible's not against keeping a daily log. Not at all. What it's against is planning and forgetting God in those plans. Not letting him guide those plans. Planning as if he didn't exist. That was what James was addressing. Look at the verse. It says, today or tomorrow. That's their plan. They're planning today or tomorrow. They have their plan today, tomorrow. This is what we're going to do. The place, this or that city, the period. We're going to spend a year there. They thought they knew exactly how long that they were going to be there. Their purpose. They're going to carry on business. Then the bottom line, their profit. They're going to make money. 
James says in verse 16, as it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. How secure, how smug, how unchristian we can be in our planning, the planning of our lives. We forget that God is the only one who holds tomorrow in his hand. That God holds all of our future in his hands. And you cannot plan without God. Christians, remember Proverbs 27.1? Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. None of us knows what tomorrow holds for any of us. And so we have to walk in humble dependency on God. Our security is our trust. Listen to the next verse because it gives you the reason for a humble dependent attitude. He gives us the reason. Verse 14, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What he's saying there is life is uncertain. We look at the uncertainty of life. Does anybody remember October 17th, 1989? They were entering into the third game of the World Series. It was just ahead of them. It was the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Oakland A's. What happened that day? Earthquake rocked Los Angeles. 63 dead. 963 homes completely destroyed. Over 180,000 homes damaged, 3,700 people injured. In a moment's time, our plans can change. How quickly we forget 9-11. How quickly it just escapes our memory. March 11, 2004, 10 bombs blowing up in the train system in Madrid. July 7th, 2005. It was just a few days before I was to arrive in London. And right at the hotel I stayed at, there was a subway system and there was a bus stop that had been bombed by terrorists or bombed by people in London. Does Al-Qaeda have to make another attack? What wakes us up to realize that life is transitory, that we cannot claim tomorrow. Today is a gift from God. Now is a gift from God. You have no guarantee of tomorrow. I have no guarantee of tomorrow. We have to live every single one of our days in humble submission to the Lord. We had a beautiful service at our men's ministry meeting. It was great. The young men who led us in worship where at Sam's house they decided to take a trip and go to Middletown to a music store. They had just gone out of the development, weren't too far, and a car came right in their lane towards them, and they had to veer off the road to escape a head-on collision. And there Stephen crashed into some type of cement unit that housed gas lines. Thank God all of them were safe. The car is demolished. Do we really know what tomorrow holds? Well, 
I'm going to put enough money in my 401. Remember Enron? We don't know what tomorrow holds. And so James is trying to say to them, the only security is in God. Now, we may try and build structures around us and sort of try and get security in the world that we live in. Don't trust any of those things. That's what the scripture is telling us. We're reminded again and again by crisis. Who said these words? Like anybody, I'd like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. He wanted to do God's will. He wanted to see racial reconciliation. He wanted to see a change in our land. And I'm thankful for his ministry. I'm thankful for his work in civil rights. Beloved, none of us have tomorrow. We only have this moment. And we have to do our very best to listen to God's voice, to walk in his ways, to order our steps by his word, to yield our lives to him. That's what James is saying. Let me take you back to 1923. It's the Edgewater Beach Hotel in Chicago. Attending this meeting are nine of the greatest financiers in the United States. Those present were, one, the president of the largest independent steel company, the president of the largest utility company, the president of the largest gas company, the greatest wheat speculator, the president of the New York Stock Exchange, a member of the president's cabinet, the greatest bear in Wall Street, head of the world's greatest monopoly, president of the Bank of International Settlements. What happened to these powerful men 25 years later? Here's the research. The president of the steel company lived on borrowed money the last five years of his life and died bankrupt. The president of the greatest utility company died a fugitive from justice and penniless in a foreign land. The president of the largest gas company was insane. The greatest wheat speculator died abroad insolvent. The president of the New York Stock Exchange was released from Sing Sing Penitentiary. The member of the president's cabinet was pardoned from prison so that he could die at home. The greatest bear on Wall Street died a suicide. The head of the greatest monopoly died a suicide. The president of the Bank of International Settlements died a suicide. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Our security is in God and God alone. That's what James is telling us. It's not wrong to plan. It's not wrong to invest. It's not wrong to get an education and try and prepare for the future. But don't trust in those things. Put your hand in God's hand and allow him to lead you into every tomorrow. Trust him with your tomorrows. Ask him for guidance and direction. That's what James is telling us. We are not to just go through life 
living as virtual atheists, as if God doesn't exist. Not only do we see the uncertainty of our life, but the brevity of life. In 1 Peter 1.24, it reads, All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall. Our glory, our power, gone in a moment's time. James says, your life, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. It's gone. It's like a smoke that disappears in the air. It's like the early morning fog that disappears when the sun rises. It's like the steam in a kettle that just goes up to the ceiling and then is gone. That's the way our life is. It vanishes. We're here for a moment and we're gone the next. It's folly. It's foolish. Jesus told a parable about a man who built bigger and bigger barns. What he was saying is, don't govern your life. Don't direct your life around the acquisition of things. There's no protection for you. He said, watch out. Be on your gut against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. After he had built this up for all these years, listen to what happens. The man says, I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things later for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you have prepared then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards God. David said it this way. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. That's what Psalm 39.5 says. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. It's like running on a cold day. And your breath goes out and you just see it disappear. Our life is like that. Short. A moment's time. The poet said it this way. When as a child I laughed and wept, time crept. When as a youth I dreamed and talked, time walked. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. When older still I grew, time flew. Soon I shall find in passing on Time gone. Life is so very frail. It's good to see Rob and Ronnie here on their honeymoon coming back. Their boat almost capsized on that brand new cruise ship. Thank God he spared them and he watched over them. I'm so grateful that our lives are in God's hands. And to live that way and to plan that way And to be able to understand that life is a gift from God. You have no right to tomorrow. It's not your inalienable right. It's a gift from God. It's a mercy from His hand that you're alive today. So use every day wisely for the Lord. That's what James is saying. They didn't include God in their plans. And they should have. What's the response of a humble, dependent attitude? How should we respond to what James is telling us in verse 15? Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or that. Now, that doesn't mean that every time you say something, it is the Lord's will. No, you live with that attitude. 
You find it in the New Testament. Paul the Apostle says to the Corinthians, but I will come to you very soon if it is the Lord's will, if it's the Lord is willing. In Ephesians, he's speaking to the Ephesian elders in the book of Acts, I will come back if it is God's will. I'm not saying make it a cliche, but live with that attitude. Live with that willingness to submit everything you have to God and say, God, your will be done. Write over every plan the will of God. Write over every desire your will. Write over everything that you're thinking about and bring it before the Lord. Ask him to direct your steps. Ask him to guide you in whatever you're doing. What happens is people become bold. They think, it's my education, it's my training, it's my giftings, it's my hard work, it's my abilities. That's what's gotten me where where I am. No, no, no. Again and again, remember the mercies and the grace and the goodness of God because suddenly your whole life could be changed As you're driving your car and someone veers into your lane. Or you cut asleep. And maybe you don't wake up that morning. And I'm not trying to be pessimistic at all. I am trying to encourage you to really seek God's will. How do we think? How do we speak? Do we submit everything to him? That's what really the text is asking us to do. It's submit to the will of God, if it is God's will. Lord, I submit my plans to you. I yield my plans to you. I give my life to you. In 1 Peter 4, 2, it says, so as to live for the rest of your earthly life, no longer by human desires, but by the will of God. Notice what the text says, no longer by human desires, but by the will of God. How do people in the world live? Well, they do what they feel. They want this, they want that, they want to go here, they want to do that, and they are just governed by their emotions, by their desires, they follow their heart. No, where to follow God's will, where to ask him, God, is this how you want me to respond to this situation? Is this what you want me to do? Where to go to the book, where to seek godly counsel, where to live out the scriptures in our daily life. That's a guide for our steps. That's what James is saying. Don't forget God in your plans. Surrender yourself to him. There was an old preacher and a young preacher, and the young preacher was somewhat anxious about tomorrow, and they were walking in this garden together, and he was just sharing his heart with this old respected preacher, and the old preacher took, the bud of a rose, and he gave it to him. And he said, I want you to open up this rose without damaging the petals. And so the young preacher tried to open the rose, and he got frustrated. He realized he couldn't open that rose without damaging the petals. And when the old preacher observed that, he began to quote this poem. Listen to the words. It's only a tiny rosebud, a flower of God's design, but I cannot unfold the petals with these clumsy hands of mine. 
The secret of unfolding flowers is not known to such as I. God opens this flower so sweetly when in my hands they die. Programs like Building in Faith are wonderful, and we do know that God uses them in the lives of countless believers. We also know that just hearing God's Word is not enough. We must put into practice those things that we are learning. Pastor Ed is taking us through the book of James. We'll learn that we must be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Building in Faith. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. Again, to follow Building in Faith and access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. When you visit the site, you'll only need to remember today's date. Simply click on today's date. You can listen, download, and even share this message with your friends and family via Facebook and Twitter. If you have any questions, call us. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue sharing messages from the book of James. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you. Your word restores.